Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. We're glad you joined us, and we're glad that you have become part of our podcast family. If you haven't, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast, and also make sure you check out our YouTube channel, J. Jeff Kober. We've had hundreds of new subscribers um, this last year, and we want to make sure all of you take advantage of this because we have a lot of new Disney videos going up every week. Hey, you know what? April 15th, this last week, was the day that every Californian could book reservations for Disneyland. But, being from Florida, I had no option in joining half the state of California and booking those reservations. Still, I knew that my good friend, my great friend Talia, who has joined me in previous podcasts on what we love most about Disneyland and Disney California Adventure, would be working hard to get a reservation out in Los Angeles. I texted her on the 15th to see how it was going. No response. A day later, I get a text from her at midday. She had scored two two-day tickets at 2 a.m. earlier that morning. It took 18 hours. Well, actually, it took 16 hours on her first round, and then she started again at midnight and finally got them two hours later for a total of 18 hours spent online trying to get tickets. She paid $470, which is about $235 a piece for those two sets of two-day tickets, which alone would have handled the better part of a single annual pass for her a few years ago. So, is it worth it? In my opinion, you better believe it is. And for that reason, I'm stating 18 reasons to wait 18 hours for reservations to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. It still may be a while before I get there since I'm an out-of-stater. But I can still dream, and I'm dreaming of when I get to go back. This is that list. By the way, make sure you check out our podcast page at DisneyAtPlay.com because it has a lot of images, videos, links, and so forth to the attractions and experiences we'll be sharing today. Now, here we're going to begin at Disney California Adventure. I've almost kind of lined up the day as I would spend it first day at Disney California Adventure, second day at Disneyland. This is how I probably would... These are the attractions I would make sure that I uh, was spending time seeing. The first is Avengers Campus. By the way, Talia's tickets actually are for the week after Avengers Campus opens up in June. So, hey, we've already reviewed what's coming in a previous podcast. Again, we'll have a link on our page. But honestly, will anybody remember that Bugs Life used to be here? much less the bountiful valley farm that preceded it. This area looks slick. This area looks like what Tomorrowland is going to look like. I'm excited to see what the new Spider-Man ride is going to be like. I'm excited to walk in it both day and night to get the feeling, the ambience of the whole thing, to see Avengers characters making appearances, all of it, to see how it links up with um, 
Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Break. I'm so excited to see the whole of it come together. Uh, Avengers Campus, definitely number one on the must-do list at Disney California. The next thing I would put in is, and this is a total opposite to that end, but not very far away from Avengers Campus, it's Animation Academy. Why is this, and if you're not familiar with this, this is a multi-visual set of images and videos on screens that surround you in this large um, room that depict famous scenes and music and moments from great Disney animated classics. I'm telling you, this just takes all of the beauty of Disney animation and wraps it up into one fantastic moment. Why is this not at Walt Disney World? What do we have to take to take a building? I take out the Playhouse Disney, take out, um, take out something at the studios and just put this in there and a bunch of chairs and allow people to experience it. It is such a great moment. It is serene. I always make sure I take time to check it out when I'm there. And Animation Academy is definitely something I love to do. Now, number three. <laughs> I've gone from the most serene to the craziest. Incredicoaster. Best zero to crazy in no time at all coaster ever built. Loved it when it was California Screaming. That's largely because I really miss the Calliope rock sound of the music. But hey. I also love the Incredibles overlay that they've done as they've transformed it as the centerpiece of Pixar Pier. Day or night, this is a beautiful ride. It has this wooden coaster look, even though it is a steel coaster. Its speed is great. The joy of being on this ride is great. The Incredibles edition is just kind of fun. We have a video of it. You want to check it out on, the, uh, on our post. But it's just a great little... And by the way, get a num num cookie afterwards with a little bit of milk. Mm, 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 mm. This is a really great attraction. And it is an anchor at that end of Disney California Adventure. Anchoring the other side of Disney California Adventure is Soarin' Over California. And notice I said Soarin' Over California, not Soarin' Over the World. This... The original Soren, Soren over California, was brought back in 2019. I was able to see it just before the pandemic. Now, in all my research, I'm not even sure if it's returning as an option. Soren appears to be returning. I'm just not sure that Soren over California is going to return. But and they were like playing both, like it was a you know you go to this direction or go this direction to see it. In my opinion, it is a magnificent film. And while I'm not I'm not hating on Soarin' Over the World, the the visuals in Soarin' Over California are so real and so immersive, and I just want to be out there on those waves at sunset. And I want to feel um, to be on that horseback and to go over the orange groves and smell the orange. There's so much to love. Uh, and we haven't even mentioned the soundtrack to it, which is really the best soundtrack of all the Sorens. Soren 
over California. If it's there, you definitely got to do that one. Now, number five, the Carthay Circle restaurant. I have to admit, my first thought was, oh, I've got to mention lobster nachos um, at, um, at the Lamplighter. But uh, in truth, I thought, wait a minute, what am I doing? If you're paying the premium amount that you're paying, and I'm like, Talia, I've been usually attending on an annual pass, and many Californians have, and many out-of-staters have been using annual passes since those are gone, and you're gonna pay essentially $235 for two days at the parks, then by golly, just treat yourself, and no place can you treat yourself better inside the gates of Disney's California Adventure, Disney California Adventure, like the Carthay Circle restaurant. I, this is old fashioned dining at its best. Even if you're out on the patio porches, which would be ideal during this COVID period of time, it's beautiful. I love the decor, the, the, the murals from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs that are depicted. There's so many loving um, tributes to that film and to and to the early heritage of Walt Disney and his brother and just Hollywood in general at that time. Carthay Circle Restaurant, that is a great place and you deserve to treat yourself to that if you're gonna go to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure at that price. Now, afterwards, I'd hope we're kind of getting toward evening. And one of the problems with the Disney parks is right now they're closing more towards seven, which is hardly evening. But if you can capture the beauty of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout toward that dusk period, oh my goodness, that is a great time to see it. This is also a really good time to see this attraction because Fast Pass or Max Pass, and I may have misquoted this earlier in another podcast, I thought Max Pass might be available for purchase. Apparently, it is not, and in and so it's operating much like uh, the Walt Disney World parks are. Even though Disney World doesn't have the Max Pass, it does have Fast Pass options. Long and short, everybody's going to be pretty much waiting in the same queue to go through this experience, unless they're on a VIP tour and paying a premium, or they're guests with. Um, disabilities and disadvantages, or they are Club 33 members, they're going to largely be in the standby queue. And I think this queue is going to move a lot better as a result. Now, I love my Tower of Terror. Don't you touch my Tower of Terror at Disney's Hollywood Studios. But what they did to a poorer version of this in California, and yes, the Tower of Terror was terrible in Disney California Adventure, uh, originally, they have taken this and made it into what has got to be the the one of the funnest attractions to be on. When you are dropping, you are giggling at the same time. The giggle factor on this attraction is incredibly high and so much fun. You have to check out Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Now, next door, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Disney California Adventures Premier, and yes, I would say premier, the best e-ticket attraction at DCA is Radiator Springs Racers. They have done everything perfect 
on this attraction. I see no wrong, no fault, no problem. This is a terrific experience. But I gotta tell you, uh, and by the way, with again, going back to no fast pass, no max pass, I'm okay. Usually I'm in that uh, long, usually I'm in the single rider queue. That's not gonna be happening for the short time being. But hey, standby queue, there are some incredible details played out in that queue. You don't want to miss those. And if again, this is one of those twilight kind of things to see, which then folds me into the last one that I'm mentioning, number eight for Disney California Adventure. And this is going to probably surprise you. But since we don't have World of Color or Paint the Night right now, may I just suggest The Porch at Flo's V8. Nighttime on the outside porch at Flo's with neon in one direction and the Cadillac Canyon aglow, bathed in lights in another direction. It's about the best way to end a day at Disney California Adventure, given those nighttime, spectacular nighttime events are not available. By the way, if you know what you're doing, go by the restrooms at Flo's and go outside and then kind of veer to the left and you can uh, go right over to um, Ghirardelli's, grab a sundae from them, make sure you do it before closing, and then come back. And I would just, I would grab that sundae just before they closed, and then I'd go back to Flo's and just eat it as slowly as you could. Take in the sundae, take in the setting, take in the glow of the evening. That is a great place to end your day at Disney California Adventures. So, that's, those are the first. Now let me head over to the happiest place on earth and talk about the attractions that really, I think would offer the greatest value, at least for me, if I were going to, um, to Disneyland for a day. Let me just start, surprisingly, kind of for some, with the Disneyland Railroad. And the reason I say that is, for me personally, I miss the railroad at the Magic Kingdom. It's been down for the better part of what seems like three years while they have been working on Tron, which has nearly stalled out in construction. Not even sure when it's going to come back up. So, and it's so disappointing. Furthermore, the Disneyland Railroad has something the Magic Kingdom's railroad does not have. It has the Grand Canyon and the Primeval World. Now, I suppose one could consider the Grand Canyon portion of this to be the biggest drive-in Smithsonian mural, drive-through Smithsonian mural you've ever seen. And you could be right. It actually is one of the longest painted murals. I'm from the Grand Canyon state, so I totally get this. I love the Grand Canyon suite being played in the background. And recently, in recent years, they've added some great Disney touches to this. Lightning in the background, rain, uh, lightning in the foreground, a special effect that makes it look like, like a, a, a tree limb has been hit. It, it, it just feels like the canyon is alive while you're going through, even though every animal looks like it's been through a taxidermist at one point or another. But still, this is really a well-done exhibit and you just get to sit there and enjoy it and then you go into the primeval world full of dinosaurs i know we still have 
the dinosaur attraction at Animal Kingdom, but it's not as good as these beasts. Since we lost the universe of energy, we're missing out on our stegosauruses and, and T-Rexes. We're just missing out on some really good dinosaurs. And you get it here at the primeval world, and it just complements your journey around uh, Disneyland. And it's a great place to get from here to there or anywhere. So I put the Disneyland Railroad first, right there at Disneyland. The second is, oh, and I had to include some food and beverage places at both. So I mentioned Flo's and I mentioned, I mentioned Carthay Circle Theater. Can I just say Jolly Holiday, Bakery, Cafe, oh my goodness. So many great things on the menu here. Where's the tomato soup? Where's the cheese sandwich, grilled cheese sandwiches. It's hard to say which one to order. Uh, I'd like to think that it's reasonable. It's a reasonable option of just grazing uh, by and doing mobile ordering every time I walk by this bakery as I go through the park. Whenever I visit, raspberry macarons is to be included in every order. So delicious. And also, did I mention Mary Poppins? It's one of the few places in the Disney parks where we pay a beautiful, sweet touch homage from the weather vane all the way through the penguins and uh, uh, stained glass. We pay homage to Mary Poppins and uh, I just love to sit there on the porch at Jolly Holiday morning, noon, and night. Gotta love it. Next, I've mentioned this before and I'm so excited. This would be a driver alone for going over to the Disney parks. It's Snow White's Enchanted Wish. They've taken Snow White's Scary Adventures. And let me just say, I was scared as a child in seeing it. And I want to say up to about 12 years of age. I'm kind of a wimp. I've since become much braver. But it was time to make this just a little bit more joyous. After all, it's about Snow White, isn't it? Not about the witch. Um, I have, we show the attraction poster that's just been um, published on our website. Um, I'm just excited to see what they've done. I'm sure there's still going to be a few scary moments here and there as well in the attraction, but I really look forward to this beautiful uh, dark ride. Now, I have to say, to be honest, and I was just almost going to make it because I only had 18 to choose from. I was almost going to lump some all of the Fantasyland Dark Rides under one item um, because Pinocchio's is great. Peter Pan has been redone and it's fantastic. Mr. Toad, how can you not, not want to see Mr. Toad? And yet, above all of them, including Snow White, is Alice in Wonderland. On my host page, I talk about Alice in Wonderland being the number five, number five, top attractions a top attraction of all attractions I've experienced worldwide. This is my favorite dark ride experience, especially of the Fantasyland dark ride genre. Uh, it just deserves that classification. And when it was redone with the animation effects and so forth, made it even better. But gosh, you know what? It's a caterpillar. You don't just ride in a caterpillar every day. It goes outside, it goes inside, it goes through your merry and birthday. You have to, you know, I love Alice in Wonderland. I think it's a great um, 
dark friend. Not too far away is truly the essence of Disney magic. It's a small world. I it just you have to go there. You can't miss it. You have you you can't well first of all you can't miss it so because the clock tower and everything's so big. But really, um you you would just be missing what is Disneyland if you didn't go on It's a Small World. And so, um, by the way, I've put a link in our post. Remember, uh, if you haven't heard it yet, I did a great podcast comparing this attraction all around the world. You definitely want to check it out because, hey, it's a small world. In that same, uh, that same enchanted wonderment, lies the enchanted tiki room. This one is simply far more enchanted than the one at the Magic Kingdom. A uh, couple of reasons for that. First off, the the garden with the tiki gods um, like Maui and, and Tangaroa is just very cute. Sell Dole Whips before you go in, very nice. You get in, they have done a better job with lighting in that attraction than they do in the Walt Disney World. The Walt Disney World just looks dark. This one seems colorful and coming to life. Um, added to that is the Enchanted Fountain in the middle, which was taken out some time ago at Magic Kingdom. Now we have the uh, Enchanted um, Smoke Cloud that comes out. It's awful. And at the exit, you have the Tropical Hideaway. Um, which is kind of a new place. It uh, used to be a luau many years ago and then became a Aladdin's Oasis. And then it sat doing nothing. Finally, they have made this into a, just a beautiful little paradise. Grab some pot stickers or some, some more Dole Whip and, and just enjoy the setting uh, between the Enchanted Tiki Room and the Jungle Cruise as the boats come in. Enchanted Tiki Room. This is just quintessential Disney. Now, it would be remiss of me, this is number 15, it would be remiss of me not to mention Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. After all, this is the biggest, most expensive addition put to Disneyland since its beginning. And it is really a great place to visit. I really am guilty of not putting Rise of the Resistance because honestly, it is the number two favorite attraction of all time for me. However, that said, I live here near Disney's Hollywood Studios and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is almost, almost a mirror to the one at Disneyland. And I've already had a chance probably 20 times of being on Rise of the Resistance. Hey, would I not put in for a, and it's a virtual reservation system, just like out here in Florida. If you want to do it at Disneyland, you're going to have to put in for a virtual uh, reservation. Would I do it? Yeah, I would do it. Um, but I wouldn't lose any sleep if I didn't get a chance. Still, that said and done, I would definitely um, do it if you haven't done it. But that's not what I was going to talk about. Number 15, what I put down is Savvy's Workshop Hand-Built Lightsabers. Um, when I went to Disneyland for the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the first place I ended up was the queue to the lights, Savi's workshop. I was actually looking for something different, but I ended up at the queue for Savi's workshop. I inquired, how long does it 
you know, can you still get a reservation? They told me yes, but they wouldn't tell me how long. At that time, you only had three hours to make, uh, to enjoy the park at that time, because you were only given three uh, three hour window to see it. And um, I didn't, I, I felt like I needed to make sure I, I had done enough video and photos and had captured everything else, so I didn't do it. And then Walt Disney World opened and I just, it didn't, time kind of flew and next thing you know, it was COVID. And um, I think, honestly, I've been waiting for a special occasion to do that. And my next visit to Disneyland may just warrant it. Add a retractable lightsaber and I'm a definite shoe in And what I mean by that is that Josh DeMauro, head of all Walt Disney attractions, did a little bit of a press event and in it, he pulled out a lightsaber by the handle and the whole uh, lightsaber portion appeared along with sound effects. Um, I have not seen the video. Well, there was no video taken, apparently, but I haven't had a chance to um, see what that looked like, but I hear it's awesome. And if they've got it into Savi's workshop, you got me there. Uh, definitely want to find the next special occasion I could do that. And I think if you're going to spend the money, again, on a cold, hard ticket, not on an annual pass like I do, where I come back and forth all the time, then I think you're crazy not to take advantage of a special event like that, um, that uh, you could experience only at Disneyland. Number 16, The Haunted Mansion. Uh, it is one of my fa all-time favorites as well. Not as high as Alice in Wonderland, though, but it is one of my all-time favorites, as is all the Haunted Mansions across the globe. Uh, but I have to mention the Haunted Mansion here because new changes have been added to the Haunted Mansion. We've added a video, changes to subtle changes to the Pet cemetery, also a new portrait um, of uh, a certain... Uh, guest at the Haunted Mansion who evolves in age. And um, you can see the video on my on my uh, Disney at Play post. But all this said and done, you should, again, you should go to Disneyland if you haven't gone to the Haunted, Man Haunted Mansion. You definitely have to check that out. Number 17, The Blue Bayou. Let's see, how do I describe this? Monte Cristo. Need I say more? <laughs> Maybe a non-alcoholic julep, mint julep. This is just a beautiful, beautiful setting. It is the most elegant restaurant. And I gotta tell you, it was really hard. It's it really hard not to share more restaurants. I mean, when you think about all the great places at Disneyland. The Riverbell Terrace for breakfast? <sighs> Kill me right there. And then Rancho de Zocalo. <sighs> awesome. A Plaza Inn with the chicken. You've got Hungry Bear Restaurant with that beautiful view. The Golden Horseshoe with its entertainment, although it probably isn't happening. French Market Restaurant. Always been standby. But you know what? It's I'm not a Carnation Cafe. These are all great places to go, but I'm not coming as an ongoing annual pass holder. I'm coming on a one-time opportunity to do this. 
then we're going to do it right and we're going to do it the best. So you got to do the blue bayou. Overlooking the bateau as they float down the river um, with their guests. It's the twinkle and the twilight of the evening. Being on the porch of the mansion is just a beautiful setting. And it is a perfect uh, um, perfect way to go to my number 18 final choice, which is also, by the way, my number one favorite attraction in the world. Yes, Pirates of the Caribbean. And, and I would want to do that after an evening at Blue Bayou with the restaurant and so forth. I'd want to make this the last thing I go on right before the park closes, and then I'd be really slow getting out of the park. But um, this is just an incredible attraction, as is the Tokyo version of it as well. And by the way, if you have a chance, join our Wayfinder Society because we are giving tribute to all of the different Pirates of the Caribbean and going over each of them in an individual focus. We'll be doing that soon for Disneyland. We've done it for Tokyo Disney and also for Magic Kingdom, uh, Caribbean Plaza version of Disney, um, uh, Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean. So definitely check that out. Now, in the process, what will I miss? Well, I've already done a podcast, got a link on, on, the sh on the show notes page on what isn't opening when the parks reopen at the end of April. Still, I haven't really said, here's some personal favorites I'm going to miss when I get there, unless it reopens before I get back. First of all, the monorail. You know, Walt Disney World's monorail is great, but Disneyland's monorail is also great in a different way. It is just a great park ride. It isn't a resort transportation system, although it does carry you back and forth to the Disneyland Hotel. But I love it because it's a great, when it goes through Tomorrowland and swirls past the Matterhorn and it's a small world and you can be in the front cab. Yeah, monorail. Canoes, those are usually reserved only for uh, summers and uh, peak season periods. But the experience of paddling around the rivers of American and Canoe, that's just, that's just precious. Jungle Cruise is, as we've mentioned earlier in previous podcasts, it's under renovation to reopen with some new things in it. Looking forward to that. The Disneyland Jungle Cruise has so many really cool little additions to it. Um, Columbia Sailing Ship, the Mark Twain will be sailing, but the Columbia is unique um, to Disneyland. Love it. Oh, and I love me some storybook canal boats. You know, the boats themselves are just beautiful pieces of art, the way they are painted, with each one having a special name on them. Love all of that you get at the storybook canal boats. And then a couple of nighttime spectaculars. Paint the night. Why are we not shipping that to Walt Disney World for the 50th? Not sure. Not sure if I understand that. And then secondly, the world of color at uh, Disney California Adventure. Wow, so, so great. Now, for, um, for more about the Disneyland Resort, check out our links to Leah and I do podcasts and posts where we share what we love best in all of the individual lands. 
of Disneyland, Disney California Adventure. We go through a lot more detail. And oh, by the way, I'm sure Tilly is listening to this because she she should know that after her visit to Disneyland, she's got to come back and do a podcast with us about how her experience was, especially with the new Avengers Campus. So we've got exciting podcasts and posts ahead of us. Make sure you join us. Again, thank you for being a part of this Disney at Play and Disney at Work set of podcasts and posts. We appreciate your involvement. And remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We will see you real soon.